0: Sun. Boy, you'll have to be good to win from there. It's Fundamentalist in front. From Vega Day to Kiddajan, the Autumn Sun is lifting late. Fundamentalist in front. The Autumn Sun's really surging the outside. Yes. Oh, what a super win. It's English a half-length in front. Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying. Yes, there's history. Joining Jason and Blake now for the Campbell's Gambles podcast. All righty, three. Uh... Two, one. Oh, oh, ah, ah. (laughs) Anyway, no. (laughs) All right, Uh, listeners, we're back for season two, episode five of the Campbell's Gamblers podcast, proudly sponsored by our good mates at Dabble. If you haven't joined Dabble, sign up now using the uh, App Store, Google Play. You can do either or. They're everywhere, Dabble. They're just everywhere. I'm seeing them everywhere, popping up on my social media. Blake, you used Dabble last night to great success. Would you like to tell the viewers how you went? <laughs> Would I just? Would I just? No, I was. uh it was an absolute fill-up last night at the Valley. For anyone who got around that, congrats! You got uh full pockets today. So, Rats. It's, uh, it's a nice, it's a nice uh nice little fill-up leading into a big, big Saturday, Jason. Five Group Ones on the card, Melbourne and Sydney. How keen are we? huge huge biggest weekend of the year thus far um and to kick things off we've got a lovely 12 race program at dapto to go through um we've got the <laughs> we've got a, we've got a 600 meter race eh? we've got a few dogs to go through here. um a little birdie tells me you've got a, a bit of a uh, same game multi on here or same same race multi sorry sorry geez potentially <laughs> potentially oh, i only right. like, uh... You don't want to tell me thanks to the likes of you, Jason, but um, I think we've got more important things to discuss. Yeah, we do. We do. Anyway, um, <laughs> we'll go back to last week, as we always do uh, We got the last week's review. We're just going to go straight into, I guess, the major talking point of the week home affairs versus nature strip. What did you think of the race in total Blake nature strip an absolute good thing, beaten, wasn't he? Yeah. Pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. Um. Yeah, uh I mean it's still all honors to home affairs, like did exactly um what he needed to do to win. But if Nager naja Strip didn't get yeah, all those things go wrong, then he's definitely winning that every day of the week. So mm. unfortunate, but uh we move on. Yeah, disgusting. James McDonald, <laughs> he's walking away with his pockets filled once again. Uh <laughs> oh, poor old J Mac, the dairy farmer, whatever he was from New Zealand's. Jeez, hopefully people will be shouting him in time. I don't even know where I'm going with that. But anyway, poor old little J-Mac. He's, he's an absolute multi. He's, he's having a lot of fun. I don't know if he gets another straw or from from Home Affairs now. He's, he's won two group ones on Home Affairs. So I'm not sure what happens there. But uh, a little birdie would tell me that... Uh, instead of getting his 5%, 25,000 for winning that race, I think he would have got a slightly, a little bit more on the side. So, <laughs> I think jmac was quite happy going home that night. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, trial files, we won again. Um, and that's about it. Don't really need to go back into that too much. I think it was uh, after a tough week, I went to go see the psychiatrist on uh, Friday night at Canterbury, had an appointment for 6.30 and it was all done in a minute 30. So, it was a, it was a good win from the front. It was around $4. So, it was a it was a nice one for all the listeners of the trial files. But anyway, we've got a big week of races to get through, as Blake mentioned. Do you want to start us off with the track conditions, weather and bias for Randwick? Okay, taking it away for the track conditions at Randwick, are we, Jason? Yes. I've thrown the ball to you, Blake. Let's let's see what you've got to offer. Okay. Well, um, I mean, it's just been absolutely bucketing down all week in Sydney. So we're gonna be swimming pool. Heavy sixty-seven by uh by Saturday probably, unless um yeah unless by the grace of God the uh the sun comes out for once all week but um yeah no it's gonna be favoring the horses that are mud larks like uh she's ideal I think you said Jason she's ideal she's a little a little lark of the mud whatever we like to say <laughs> anyway but uh. Mm. Yeah, Maybe. so we're going to go through the first race now, race seven. It's a Group 1 Chipping Norton Stakes over the Randwick Mile. Clash of the Titans here at the top of the market coming out of the Apollo Stakes. We've got Very Elegant, who's currently $3 favourite with Double. Think it over and Colette hold the second line of betting around that $4 mark currently with Double. Can someone turn the tables on Think It Over, Blake, and who will it be? Um, Potentially, potentially. Uh, in terms of... Very Elegant versus Think It Over. We uh, have differing opinions on this topic, I think, Jason. But I'm in the camp that, well, I just I just didn't really like Very Elegant's return. And I know um, you you think it was better than it looked, Jason. But the way I looked at it was plain and simple. It's Very Elegant's third worst finish in terms of distance off the winner in her entire career. And the only other two that were worse than that was when she failed in the Cox plate behind Castelvecchio, which just everything went wrong, and the VRC Oaks when she was like a three year old in 2018, so ages ago. Um, both really big, big races. And this return, first up, I like I've seen very elegant, obviously, return now plenty of times, um, and all times much better than she did this time to my eye. Um, so with nothing really changing significantly in her favor apart from like an extra 200 meters, which I don't think would have helped her win. Uh, the last race that think it over one, I can't really see, well, I can't really convince myself to, to take very elegant now at $3 to turn the tables on think it over who was dominant winning. Um, That said, I think there might be some other horses in the race that could turn the tables. But before we get into those, Jason, what do you think about the clash between Very Elegant and Think It Over? I think Very Elegant, um, as you just said, for me, I thought her run first up was better than the eye uh, makes it out to be. Uh, I thought she was, first of all, scrubbed up from a long way from home. And that's something you'd expect from a horse being first up from a Melbourne Cup win. And the way she won it was just phenomenal. Um, as we've said multiple times on this podcast, but I disagree with you in the fact that this race doesn't change a whole deal in complexion. I think it changes greatly. And that's just purely based on the fact that Riadini and I am Superman do not step up to the mile here, which really does bring the tempo out of the race. And I think that will suit very elegant because she will not be 10 to 15 lengths off the main pack and chasing like she was you got to also factor in the track conditions on that day. She, It was one of the last races on a really long day. The inside did start to chop out, and because she was so far back, Mr. McDonald was forced to go through the inside. There was nowhere else he could have went. So um, I thought she finished off well enough. She actually ran home in 1184, which was the third fastest in the race, which was roughly a length faster than Colette. Um, Colette had the, I guess, flashing light, uh, flashing red light run but uh pardon me the um my 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 Thai food's almost coming up through my system here but um I was gonna say uh yeah Colette had the flashing light run but I just think very elegant up to a mile I think she could sit more positively in a slower run race and I just think she'll enjoy the track um she did win a mile last preparation at mean Randwick albeit she really had to rally late second up but uh Not a betting proposition at the current price. Um, I'm expecting to drift. I don't think she will start that short. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm with Very Elegant from Colette. And I think Think It Over on a wet track. I've never really been in Think It Over's camp and just can't be in it again. But he's made me look like an absolute idiot. He's a champion of a horse. But um, that's about it for me for this race. What about you, Blake? Uh, Yeah. Um, In terms of... In terms of horses, I think can beat, I think it over turn the tables out of that race. Uh, you mentioned Colette was a flashing light in that last run. And and one thing I really do like about Colette is the fact that she's an absolute mudlark. just three from three on heavy conditions, and looks like we're going to get heavy conditions again on Saturday. Um, so yeah, I I, I like Colette, and I think as well, something I really liked about her last start was the fact that she jumped really well and, and just about, I think she jumped like third fastest pretty much and and sat outside or one out, one back. Um, she's drawn well again this time. So I I can't really see her getting too far off the leaders. Um, you did, I mean, very elegant could end up being in a, in a very similar position as well. Um, it's just the fact that Colette actually finished so much closer in that last run that I'm just, uh, more inclined to, to lean her way. Um, looking to horses at bigger prices in the race. I think Montefilia is one to keep an eye on. Um, she typically runs pretty well first up, even though she will appreciate getting up uh, over longer trips uh, later into a prep. She also handles the wet conditions. Um, and I do remember seeing her in an exhibition gallop. I can't remember if it was last week or the weekend before, but she did go around in Sydney in an exhibition gallop and looked really, really strong. Her, her trial as well um, was was quite good. It was only quite a quiet trial behind Riadini and Iron Superman, but um, exactly what we want to see for a for a mare um, like her coming into a first up run. Um, we know we know the the ability she's got. So if she brings it, she's drawn pretty well. If She takes up a posy and gets out at the right time. I think um, yeah, she can threaten in this race. And then at a really really big price. I think I mentioned this um, out of the last uh, that that first up run. We think at over one. I think I mentioned Dewis. Uh, if I didn't, I black booked him out of that uh, her out of that that run. Um, obviously, she finished ninth and was way way off them. And I I'm hesitant here. Like I don't think she's going to really threaten. But I I'm keeping an eye on her because I think as she gets over longer and longer trips um, this prep, um, she might be one to potentially have something on. Uh, maybe as she gets up to sort of the, the 2,000 metres or um, mile and a half. So um, she's a really, really big price this weekend. Uh, you could definitely do worse than just having a little speck on her. But, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely leaning the way of Colette and Montefilia mainly. Beautiful. Before we head to the next race, I just want to quickly give a little shout out to She's Ideal. Um, Blink is back on, was weren't on first start. Absolute mudlock. So it wouldn't surprise me if she got a little toes through the track. Uh, she's probably not good enough to win a race like this, but she could really shock them. And you wouldn't believe it. She did finish second last, beaten nine lengths, but she ran the fastest last 200 metres out of that race. So keep in mind, don't forget, little she's I do it for you to one. All right, let's head on to race eight. The surround stakes for the three-year-old fillies. Group one level over the 1,400 metres. Clash of the Titans once again. Fangirl versus Espiona, they head the market. They take a massive chunk of the percentage. Are you in either of their corners here, Blake, or are there a few at odds that you don't mind? I'm not i am not with either of them, Jason, and uh, we we did discuss this a little bit earlier. I don't think you are either. Um, but, yeah, I just can't get either of them that short with the, the draws they've got. We saw Espiona get rolled from gate 10 first up by a fangirl who was drawn a lot, a lot better in date five. Now they're both drawn horribly, um, and I mean, at, although they've been super, super dominant um, so, so far, yeah. yeah I just, I, I just can't can't take that risk of them being so wide, um, and obviously the heavy conditions as well. Neither of them have have been on it. You, you don't really know how they're going to go. So I'd much rather have my money. Uh, on something at a big price where if it loses you know at least i was on something something rough or a few roughies um and not spending as much potentially um are there any well first of all jason are you in the, the corner of espion or fangirl and uh, if you're not which way are you looking in neither corner this time have been big fans of both horses throughout their careers have tipped them multiple times but I think it's at a point now where they both finished one and two. They did beat the rest of the pack, uh, I guess, convincingly enough um, to basically demand way too much respect in the market. They're just, they're taking so much of the market. You know, they might still run, uh, run one, two, but if you can find the horse that runs third, you're probably going to get a better price for them to place than either of these horses to even win. So, and then you add in the wet track and the wide gates and the, 1400 meters and will they back it up and blah, blah, blah. There's just a million and one factors to say no. So that my answer is no. I am with at odds, heresy coming out of that same race. I thought she was probably the unlucky runner out of the lot. I watched the stewards head on vision. Um, she was the one who was ducking and weaving looking for runs, slightly held up at a crucial stage. Concern with her is probably the 1400 meters and, um, Sorry, not the 1,400 metres, the wet track. Um, I'm not sure about her on a wet track, especially that wet um, 1,400 metres is the benefit. Second up, she's one second up. She comes third, second up. So she's got a good record. Clipperton has been riding well recently, but I don't like him as a rider. I think he's very mediocre, unfortunately, Mr. Samuel Clipperton. Um, that's just an absolutely clip, clip, chip on your shoulder for you, Mr. Clipperton. Come out and do something for me. Um, he's never been good to me, Clipperton. I just don't like you at all. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> And the other one I'm with, at odds, hinged. Uh, Blake will go through this runner a bit more uh, in depth after I say uh, what I say. But um, like the reason why I like hinged is second up, two from two, steps up to the 14 meters, drawn for a better run in transit, and has proven herself on deteriorating tracks. So mm-hmm. also a positive jockey booking. Other one, quickly, at odds, I don't mind, start Tontes. I think they are the three at odds. You can muck around with first fours. Uh, trifectas and you know place bets. And I think one of them can run a ripping race. Hmm. Yeah. Uh. I, I agree with both of those runners, Jason. I think we we've we've looked at this race. I think um pretty much the same way. Um. I did mention heresy out of that last run when we discussed the results uh, last week. I think it was um have uh, have her in the black book from that run. So uh, definitely in her camp. Uh, like you said, Jason, don't really need to touch on that any further. But with Hinged, um, I really liked her run um, in that in that race behind Fangirl and Espiona. She she drew wide gate nine, jumped on terms with them, and I think as well, Jason, you mentioned mentioned that she used to lead or she led a few races um, before she came to Sydney, um, but she she jumped on terms with them last start anyway, and it it was a really unusual ride where. Kathy O'Hara kind of pulled her out of the leading pack, but was then indecisive and then became decisive coming around the home turn that she wanted to end up in last. So it was almost like she did the hard work, sat wide the whole way and then ended up dead last, like with 400 meters to go or 500 meters to go in the race. It was a really unusual ride um, and hinged end up running, running on pretty well. Um, with all those factors considered. And now with gate one, um, if she jumps just as well as she did in that first up run, I think she can really take up a good posse here. Um, and if the track's not too chopped out on the inside, I think she could be sneaking runs in the straight and might just be that one that that, um, that does shoot the gap late and potentially shocks them here. So uh, yeah, Hinged and Heresy, same as you, Jason. I'm my uh, eye on those two. Beautiful. Let's move into the JC trial files. Now I think we're up to episode five. Now, what are we? We've had isotope win. We've had psychiatrists win. And I think we've had two bump bombs. I don't know what they were. Can't remember. Don't, don't remember the losers. Just remember the winners. That's it. Um, anyway, we're going to move to tough one this week. Tough one. There's a lot of horses that are first up, but you don't necessarily want to back horses first up on really deteriorating tracks. So I'm sticking clear. I'm going to a bit of an unknown in Melbourne. I don't often like gambling a lot heavily in Melbourne. I just don't really pay attention too much down there compared to New South Wales and uh, Queensland. But because New South Wales and Queensland are basically under tornado and tsunami watches, we're going to Melbourne. (laughs) Friday, Mooney Valley race two, number three, Will Burry. Complete forgive on debut. Um, Interesting thing about debut. He debuted in the group three, Uh, Dali Marabong plate down the 1,000 meters at Flemington. Uh, Missed the start, which probably doesn't suit him for Mooney Valley, but he worked into the race quite well. He had had the fastest 800 to 600 and the second fastest 600 to 400. Got chopped out, lost all momentum, barely got a run um, and was eased down. Funny thing of this horse is he's absolutely bred to be a superstar. He's a half-brother to Group 1 winner Home Affairs, or now multiple Group 1 winner Home Affairs, and Asa, I think Asa came second in a group one, Caulfield Guineas from memory to, uh, who was it? Uh, Captivon, was it? Or Halau? Forgot who won that year. No, Animo won that year, sorry. Um, yeah, Asa came second to Animo, I think. Um, regardless, yeah, he's, he's bred to be really good. James Harron paid a million dollars for him. So um, that's what James Harren does. He's got money. So um, that's my play. He won a recent Mornington trial in the fastest time of the morning, Small field here should suit. I think he might have a bit of a class edge on his rivals here. I think he's only a five-horse field. Getting roughly around the $2. I have to say I'm not super confident like I have been in my recent trial files, but it's just kind of those ones where, you know, he might just come out and be a really nice horse. So I'm going to have to take the risk. Blake, Hong Kong horse for Sunday. Thank Tom you, Blue. Jason. Um, yeah, hopefully Sunday we can uh, keep the ball rolling from... Uh, last night and last weekend, had a really uh, good day on Sunday last weekend as well. So uh, we've got the uh, the four-year-old series continuing on Sunday, race eight, the uh, classic cup over the 1800 metres. We have romantic warrior who's currently undefeated uh, in his whole career, uh, won the um, won the first of the four-year-old series over the 1600 metres. Now they, they all step up to the uh, 1800 metres, pretty much at the same field. Um, few, few newcomers, but, um, it's a really, really interesting affair that, that race eight, um, the horse that I, or the, the horses that I want to, uh, highlight for that meeting are in race six though, uh, in a class four over 1200 meters. Um, and yeah, there's two that I want to talk about here. Uh, it's always hard with Hong Kong. I say this every time, uh, the markets don't open till Sunday. So it's, it's really hard to know which, which one of these horses is going to be sort of better odds or if they're both going to be short or both going to be like an each way price or whatever it is but um we'll find out on sunday um these two horses brilliant way number six in race six and happy day number eight in the same race they both came third on debut and uh both trialed up really really well before those debuts um both closed off really well in their runs Um, And I'm pretty sure I tipped both of them in their two separate runs uh, on debut. Brilliant Way is going to be ridden by Joe Marrera. So if I had to guess, I'd say Brilliant Way would be the one that's shorter on the day. Um, But I think both of them are really, really uh, in here with a, with a good shot. They both ran home really, really well. Um, Pretty good closing sectionals. Last 200 meters was was, uh, 1140 ish, which is pretty good for a debut run. Um, And it, it matches, Um, Some of these other horses, I think Leslie will likely be um, one of the favourites, if not the favourite, ridden by Zach Purton, he's come second in both of his runs. But the sectionals for Brilliant Way and Happy Day, at least the late sectionals, were pretty similar to what uh, Leslie and Miracle Victory, uh, the top weight, have run so far. So if they do improve uh, second up now, their second career runs, I think those two horses uh, will be be two to keep an eye on. They're both pretty well-developed for... uh, for three year olds. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it just depends which ones, you know, if brilliant way opens up and he's $2 and happy day opens up $10, I'll be on happy day. If it happens the other way around, I'll probably be on brilliant way, but I'm just have to wait and see on Sunday. So there's the two in race six on Sunday at chart in number six, brilliant way. And number eight, happy day in race six. Excellent. Let's rip straight into Caulfield. We've got three races to cover. Track conditions, weather and bias. Weather is going to be 24 degrees and sunny. Rail's three metres out for this meeting. No rain predicted, which is absolutely mind-boggling coming from the Sydney side is here. Track's currently (laughs) a good four. Expected track bias. I'd just be saying up and in as usual. What about you, Blake? Yeah, yeah, Uh, I think so. I think so. All righty, too easy. Let's jump right into race six. The Group 1 Futurity stakes over the 1,400 metres. To Fane, to whatever you want to call her, heads the betting with dabble at $2.70. Blake, I've got to pose a question to you. Can she go back to back or will something turn the tables on her? I'm hoping she can because I'm in her favor in this race. Um, I just think last preparation, and I mean all throughout her career, she's she's run like the 1,400 meters as her go. She never really. I mean, she's she's run some absolute blinders up at the the mile. She ran 0.8 lengths off on Thunderstruck last prep, um, at at this track over the the mile, um, where I'm Thunderstruck had 52 kilos and she had 58. Now they now I'm Thunderstruck's got two more than her, um, and they're at the 1400 meters. But I think Tefane is a better horse at the 1400 meters, and I don't think there's many arguments you could have against that. Um, I really like that last prep she she started off at this 1400 meters ran third to behemoth and Bo rossa and arguably could have won the race i think you know it was it was just an interesting uh interesting way that it unfolded for her but then they stepped up to the mile last prep and and she didn't really perform as well and i, I like the fact that she won first up here this prep over 1400 meters and now she stays at 1400 meters i think Although I black booked on Thunderstruck and I liked the way he finished off last time, behind Tafane, I think staying at the 1400 meters this time, it's again going to be in Tafane's favor. Where I'm, Thunderstruck's drawn gate seven, second widest in the field, probably going to end up towards the back of the field. Like I said, has has uh, 59 kilos where Tafane; has got 57, so um, no no sort of weight advantage or anything for I'm Thunderstruck. As, uh, especially compared to their last run Tefane will be closer in the run and and probably won't lead this time because like you said jason earlier there's there's a bit more pressure in this race but i think if Tefane just sits off it then then she'll pretty much just run as well as she did first up and and can definitely win this at least she's the one to beat that's what i think um, what do you think jace <laughs> he's gone mad <laughs> I've missed... Where, where does it start? Where does this song start? There it is. <laughs> All right, anyway, no, as you can see, I'm with... I'm Thunderstruck. Um, I thought Tafane, face value, looked, I guess, the pick. However, dug deeper into the race, looked at the sectionals. Um, and I thought Tafane to the eyes i thought she had a soft enough lead and by her leading just showed there was no tempo in the race um, not that she can't lead but if she does lead then you know you got to have to say that there's a lack of speed in the race um and it backed the figures back it up she went about four and a half lengths slower than standard to the 600 and she was just able to sprint off first up which is you know applaud to stuff but If you look at the last 600 meters, it was 3440, whereas I'm Thunderstruck was 3388. So he's got about half a second on that. Um, And in particular, the last 200 meters, 1128 versus 1164. So that's about two lengths on that. So I think this race has a lot more pressure in it. Two Wraith should go forward from the low draw. I'm expecting Streets of Avalon from Barrier 6 to come across, as well as Mr. Mozart to uh, Rapid cross possibly sits uh, behind Streets of Avalon if he wants to sit outside the leader. So I think there's a bit more speed in this race. I think, mm, I remember, um, what's he going to call it? Mick Price came out before his race first up on final strike and said he wouldn't be ready first up. So he sort of almost guaranteed it. But um, I think second up here with fitness, feel like it can run well. And just the value, just a bit of a, I think they're both very evenly matched. I think if Stefano wins, it will only be by about half a length to a length. And I'd say, you know, basically, in my opinion, I can't really split them. So I'm just going to flip a coin and I'm getting better price for I'm Thunderstruck. So I'm going to take I'm Thunderstruck. All right. That's all we need to touch base on in race six. Race seven, the blue diamond stakes over the 1200 meters group one level for the two year olds. Your current favorite is Jack at $5 with dabble, but it's an extremely, extremely deep market lacks a bit of class, in my opinion. Any uh, speed map horses to take note of, Blake? Um, I just think, in general, the on-paces look a little bit weaker. Like, okay, the top three in the market are all probably going to get back in the field, put it that way, and they're all drawn wide. So it'll be interesting to see who who goes forward and how many go forward. Um, but, I, yeah, I... I'm leaning towards horses who are going to be off the speed here. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'm with uh, Jack Winnett here, number six. Uh, I thought his win on debut was just eye-catching. And as I said, I think it's a really, really weak edition of the Blue Diamond this year. The two-year-old crop this year is just very average. And obviously, because we've had so many good two-year-olds go past us in the last couple of years, all you can do is kind of compare to what happened the year before. And I just don't think any of these two-year-olds in this field line up to it. And I could easily say if Koolingatta or that um, what was that horse Russian Revolution that ran second to Gutter, if either of those horses are in this race, they're best bets. And they're probably around the even money mark, if not odds on. So I think it just shows the lack of depth in this race. Jack Winnett on debut, eye-catching from a wide barrier being wide on the track. Um, had six weeks off after that. So you kind of, in my opinion, I kind of feel like, that was a bit of a let-off. I think first up was just a bit of a uh, foundation into this race. Drew Barry won on that occasion, did miss the kick, never really looked comfortable inside horses, was held up at a crucial stage. Um, and I think drawing wide here or wider is an advantage. She will get back. You will need good luck. Check how the track's playing on the day. So you're sort of going against all the typical Caulfield um, factors, but I think it's just such a weak race that I have to be with Jack Winetti, I think... To, in my opinion, she has been the most... Oh, he has been the most eye-catching horse. So um, he's on top for me. I am with Lofty Strike. Although I, I have to agree, weak race, mm. pretty much just singling out Jack Owen and Lofty Strike here um, and just went with the horse who caught my eye on debut in the mounting yard. Hasn't done anything wrong for me, and I've been on him both times. So, um, yeah, like, he, he owes me nothing. So, um, honestly, I think with what he's done, the fact that he's done nothing wrong and, and how dominant, really, his wins have been, especially that second win, um, albeit Jack Winnow was held up on the rail, a little bit unlucky there, Lofty Strike is still a pretty good price at $7.250. He's drawn wide, but um, you know, if he if he does actually get in somewhere, or even if he doesn't, there will probably be a three wide line that he can follow. Um, I think he's shown that he's got a, a really strong finish on him, uh, and if he brings that, then I think yeah, I think he's the one to beat. To be honest, I, Jack Jacquinot for me as favourite um, is is probably just favourite because he was favourite against lofty strike last time and was unlucky. Um, I think they're the two horses to single out. And if Lofty Strike loses, it will probably be Jack Winner who beats him. So yeah, that's the way I've lent with Lofty Strike. Beautiful. All right, let's head into the last race that we'll be covering at Caulfield. And for this podcast, it's race eight, the group one Oakley plate over the 1,100 metres. Marabai is looking to keep her unbeaten record going and make it the perfect seven in a row, She's the current total of 50 with double Blake. Do you reckon she can make it seven from seven? Or well, let's not say. Do you reckon she can? Because obviously she can. But are you in her camp this weekend? You know what they say, Jason. Third time lucky, seventh time unlucky. <laughs> I I reckon she's with that, uh, that one. But yeah, um, uh, that's a that's a really common saying. <laughs> <laughs> really was... I'm an uncommon. Person. <laughs> um, nah, I I'm, I can't be with the two dollars fifty. I mean. Look, she hasn't done anything wrong. That win at Mooney Valley was huge, um, but you know we know we all know how Mooney Valley plays, and this is a different track, core field, um, completely different race, completely harder race. Um, I definitely can't be taking the two fifty for Marabi here. Um, I'm leaning the way of Minhaj and Wild Ruler, the second and third favourites in the race. I think the market just has way too much between uh, Marabi and and the rest of the, the field here. Wild Ruler is, is sort of the, I don't know. I'd say he's, I'd say he's the benchmark in this race um, given, given some of his runs sort of behind, well, he ran behind second to nature strip last prep. And then he won at Mooney Valley uh, over the thousand there. And then he went into the Everest from that win um, and flopped, but he was three wide the whole way. So I'd be using Wild Ruler as sort of a benchmark and, and Marabi obviously hasn't, hasn't stepped up to this level yet, and we, we're obviously going to see whether she does or doesn't on Saturday. But uh, Minhaj, for me, is the one that sets up the best to potentially overthrow Wild Ruler, who I said is the benchmark. Minhaj has drawn barrier one um, with 52 kilos on her back. I think that's the right setup, Jason. I have to agree with you there. Um, I think Marabi or Marabai, whatever you want to call her, I think she is a Group 1 horse. Uh, just don't feel like this is the right group one for her. I think this uh, race setup. there's a few horses here on the minimum um, or not minimum, but low weights. Malkovich is dropping 10 and a half kilos in weight. There is no way in hell. Hell I am. It's um, a horse I'm just looking at now. Um, there's no way that Bjorn Baker and Craig knew it, Froggy, our great friend here at the podcast are going to just let Marabai dictate things in front. Like if anything, they're going to try and lead themselves and you got Oxley Road, you got Jonka. Like these are speed horses. I'm not saying Marabai isn't. And, you know, she probably still leads from the low barrier, but she's going to get pressured like she's never felt in her life. And it's completely different beast, Mooney Valley to Caulfield, as Blake said. Got an extra 150 meters down the straight. Uh, you know, away game almost quarter, a couple of runs back, albeit they went held to skeleton. She's probably entitled to run on and get tired herself, Marabai. But, I have to agree with you. I like Minhaj here. First up, Freak. Uh, drawn barrier one here. Should get that suck run right in behind them. Tried well once again. Um, negative jockey booking. I don't really like Karen McAvoy. Sorry, Karen. Just really just just, just picking jockeys today and just picking on them. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Karen McAvoy. Like Maybe go back and watch your ride at Kemble Grange on Tuesday I'm short shorts and have a good high look at yourself in the mirror. Get the horse out in galloping room, buddy. Um anyway. Here we anyway. go. Yeah, just just a bit of a brain dead ride from young Karen. He 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 had how do I say this? He had the horse drawn barrier one, I'm pretty sure, barrier two. Maybe no, maybe it was even drawn wide, but wherever it was drawn, he had the option to lead, but he let horses cross him and horses that were no good, who were not going to take him into the race. They got tired approaching the straight and he got stuck in behind traffic. And what happened there? The two horses that were also in the market were outside him and they sprinted too hard and when he finally got out the horse made up ground but was a good thing beaten and the commentators were rah 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 and Jason in his bedroom was rah 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 not happy <laughs> not happy no one was happy Karen so make it up to us and bloody get me in our zone oh <laughs> geez is, is is that all do you want to talk about anything else in this race you just riddled me up bloody Karen McAvoy I can tell I can tell oh. uh, not really to be honest I don't. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's just a lot sort of at the bottom of the market here that I just I'm not sure whether they're up to it. Wild Ruler and Minhaj both have really good first up records. Their form is incredible. Trials have been really really strong, um, so they're they're the two that I'm focused on. Too easy. All right, let's head into our competitions now. We've got the hundred dollars viewers competition. I put it out this morning, very late. I uh, just had a lot of people just smashing the comment and then the likes and blah blah blah. And they're just going through it. Like no tomorrow. Unfortunately, our good friends, our I was gonna say Greek brother, how disrespectful to Stephen. Our Italian brother from down south, Stephen Lentini bowed out last week with Nature's Shift Cheese. That was a tough watch, Stephen. We we're feeling your pain here at the CG headquarters. Um, and unfortunately, that means there's still no one on the leaderboard for season two. So therefore, we've got five group ones this week. There's five new people on. If there's not one people, not one people, if there's not one person on the leaderboard after this week, you're worse than Karen McAvoy. If there's not at least one person, <laughs> seriously, oh, got the sweaty armpits coming out, sweating everywhere. <laughs> really fired me up. I'm just seeing Karen McAvoy's name. I was got to go off at Sam Clipperton, but he's been riding well recently. So he gets, he gets let off the hook, but Karen, Jesus, buddy, come on now. Anyway, our good friend here, Josh Harrison from, from the Shire, living in God's country. He's chosen to tip in the Chipping Norton Stakes. He's got to have a hundred dollars on the mudlark like collect. Colette. How do you feel about that one, Blake? Are you with Joshua? Yeah. Good on you. Good on you, Josh. Get he, home. He loves it. He li- he's a listen. He listens. He's in the Senate. He's with you. Actually, Josh Harrison. He's in the Senate. Big dog. Yeah, the big dog. The Senichies, are going mm-hmm. to training. They've got training next week, pre-training, so they're not too far away from going to uh, boot camp. They've just turned Hurricane. 15 months old, so we'll, we'll know in a couple of months' time if they're any good and if we can have a few plungers on debut at uh, CZ Syndication. Oh. Um, hopefully they hopefully they break in well. But anyway, I've got Brandon Oliveira, a good friend of mine from uh, high school back in the day. He's chosen to tip in the Oakley Plate, and he's got to have $100 to win on Marabai. How do you feel about that one, against it, for it? I'm against it, but uh, there's definitely, put it this way, there's worse horses you can have your money on in the race. (laughs) She is trustworthy. She hasn't let down Brandon Mithal, obviously. She's six from six. So anyway, we'll go to Lachlan Perry now. He's tipping in the futurity. He's got $100 to win on Tefane, Tefane. So I'm sure you will love that one, won't you? Let's go get her home. That's cool. And the other two people haven't sent me their tips so they can get buggered, stuff them. No, we'll still count you in, but, you know, you know, maybe if your tip wins, I'll just accidentally forget about you. So, you know, you get the message from Campbell's Gambles pop up on your Instagram, like you should be responding within half an hour, you know, like it's we're a big stuff. company. We, we've got like roughly like, you know, 1,000 followers or something. We're, we're a big company. So <laughs> uh, um, anyway, <laughs> Anyway, we've got our own competition, which is going to absolute shit right now. We're both in the negative. I'm I'm minus 10 and you're minus 305. So we're both borrowing from the bloody bank, and that's not cheap these days with interest rates continuous to climb. Um, so head us off with the Chippy Norton stakes, Blake. Chippo, the Chippy Norton stakes. All right. I am going to have 50 to win on Colette and I'm having 25 each way on Monophilia. $75 the win on Very Elegant and saving on Colette. 25 the win. Going to the surround stakes now. Next race at uh, at Randwick. I'm having 20 each way Jamea, 15 each way Heresy, and 15 each way Hinge. Looking for a roughie. Yes, I'm following you. Following suit. Straight bat here. 25 each way Heresy, 25 each way Hinge. And if either of those two Hs that we both have do something, then we're going to get a return there, aren't we? <laughs> Baby. Juicy. Juicy. Futurity All right, stakes. Futurity stakes, eh? I'm having straight bat. Your favourite saying, Jace. Straight bat, 100 to win Defano. Straight bat. The straight bat was pulled out. The Ricky Ponting Kahuna 2007 <laughs> was pulled out today at Newcastle. We went two from two. Get that front foot nice and down the crease. Straight bat it. Couple of chiller shorties to riddle the pump. Up. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, pump the pump, pump the punters up for Saturday. Just get a bit of coin in that pocket. How good was Rustic Steel? You won, won easy, didn't he? Oh, you, you took bloody about six dollars early in the week, didn't you? Well, $8 or eight oh, dollars. I took months. about thirty-seven. <laughs> get it right. <laughs> anyway, no, it was it was very good, Rustic Steel. Uh, I was wondering where the money was coming from, but it was definitely your pocket. I, just, uh, I launched it on double. Yeah, and it went from about three bucks to fifty. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't put my tips on Dabble this week for, for Rustic Steel. Damn it! I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the friends that I launched it. I'm that having launch. Anyway, Ooh. Futurity. I'm having hundred dollars on. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Blue diamonds, like Yeah, Blue Diamond stakes. Blake, take it away. Fifty each way. Lofty strike. Fifty each way. Jack no Jack Miles Yeah. One. yeah. The Oakley play, yes. 25 each way, Mirabi, 25 each way, Minhaj. Following you with that last selection, 50 each way on Minhaj. The first up, specialist, absolutely lovely mare, lovely mare, one that you want to breed out of. Oh, baby. Getting a bit confident, Jace. We've, uh, we've got some similar opinions this weekend. So. It hasn't led us to too much uh, joy this season, but hopefully this is <laughs> a- It's all right. It's got to be a first some stage. Yes, like get the punters out of jail on the Saturday. Do you have anything to fill the pockets? Ah, uh, late in the day, late I, early I never. <laughs> late in the day, I don't. But um, early there are there are two at Caulfield that I I've got my eye on. Uh, in the first Finance Tycoon, I think is a is a touch of overs in that race. Um, but yeah, I I just really liked um. Like his first up run, and I think he'll be better second up. Um, coming, coming to uh, Caulfield, better track for him. Damien Lane's on, good trainer. I think um, $5, you could definitely do worse. And then the other one is in race three. I think I've mentioned this horse quite uh, multiple times on the podcast before, Mahrez. Um yeah. Definitely not hopping off him anytime soon. Um, a few things went wrong last time, 1400 meters. So, um, Yeah, I think the 1800, it's an interesting step up. We'll we'll see how he goes. But, um, yeah, I'm confident this horse has ability. So, uh, hopefully, we see it on Saturday. Those are the two. Mm. Favourite here is short in that race, Castle Ray He's coming through a Gosford Maiden into a Sandown hillside wing. Mm. I know both dominant, Oliver Sticks, Gay Waterhouse on Speed Blinkers first time. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, come on now. This is group two company, buddy. Step Mm. up or get... Okay, no, I um (laughs) let's say get f-u-c-k-e-d but um yeah i don't mind that i don't mind Mares. there's one of the odds in that race i don't mind too called elzame if you watch that win at newcastle on debut (laughs) i know i was just absolutely flogging midweek form in sydney but um nice win nice win and thought it was pretty unlucky last time anyway uh for me i've just been tipped something at doombin if we even get on from our good friend and uh you know i guess uh what is it? I, what would you even call him? I'd say top of the range greyhound trainer, Marcus Gatt. Um, he's tipped me Night Mariner in I don't know what race at Newcastle. Um, no, Doombin, sorry. What am I saying? Newcastle. This horse, Mudlark. I just quickly looked at the form. Came second to Wapitidi, um in the Group 3 Sunshine Coast three-year-old race, Grand Prix, whatever they bloody call it up there. Um, only even money, but you might be able to multi it up with something if the races even do get on. Apparently, they're going to uh, get a tsunami or something tonight. So severe flash floodings. I'm not too sure. Nothing to really joke about, actually. That's very bad on my part. But, yeah, it's absolutely raining cats and dogs everywhere you look on the eastern border, other than Melbourne somehow. I don't know how Melbourne's not getting any rain. They always It always rains in Melbourne. Not raining this weekend. Ridiculous. It's our turn. Yeah. Anyway, that's about it for this podcast, Blake. Do you have anything to finish the program uh no i'm just everyone enjoy the uh enjoy the saturday it's a it's a big one very very big one so yeah enjoy it have a few have a few bevies mm. i'll probably be at the races on saturday so if anyone's settle, there settle down settle down Jeez. keep an eye out oh well you got to do something you know it's pouring rain you can't be going to the beach so it's race time yeah it's races time Fair enough. I'm, I'm, mm. sure you have, I'm sure you have your fans out there. Just, <laughs> I'll keep an eye out, but I won't be holding my breath. I'm not sure if they'll know what your face looks like, but maybe just like, <laughs> maybe just like scream loudly in like the, the bookie ring or something. They might notice that dulcet tone from the podcast, you know, just, just flourishing through. But anyway, if you've got to have a few bets on Saturday, there's no better place to do it than cginsight.com.au. Sign up to the Saturday racing package. We've went two from two. Uh, Back to back winning weeks, big winning weeks too. Like around the forty to fifty five percent profit on turnover, which is nothing like the Hong Kong hero last night. Like I'm, I'm talking double your bloody money, but it's still good enough for me. The old battler JC from, uh, from Randwick or wherever I'm, wherever I reside. Nowhere, absolutely nowhere. So uh, once again, want to thank Dabble. Thank you for your support, gentlemen. Uh, If you're not on Dabble, get on Dabble. Just get on them. Follow Campbell's Gamble's profile. We're just pumping money. You know, we got, we got money in our account. We got money to spend. We got tips to blow and we were just putting tips up and they're just winning. They're just winning. That's what I'm going to say. So, um, so yeah. gambles, gambles, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, dabble everywhere. Just our Campbell's Gamble's everywhere. Put it on your bloody license plate. I don't care. Um, <laughs> anyway, we've got, uh, episode six next week. Uh, so I'm going to guys, I'm going to go now guys, and I'm going to leave you to this Blake. You're eating your words, Jason, eating your words.